traveled. You know, back when there were milestones, it was more likely they were traveling on foot or, or horse and buggy than by automobile. Um, but that was, that was a milestone. And, you know, today when we talk about milestones, we typically are using that word uh, to refer to some kind of standout moment, something that shapes us in a significant way and will make an impact from that point forward in some way. And, you know, uh, today is a, a milestone moment for us together as a church. Um, it has been, if my math is correct, it's been almost nine years ago uh, since this property was, was gifted to us. Uh, we're going to tell some stories this morning and share some, you know, some of the journey that we've been along the way. Uh, but today, we get the chance to come together to celebrate this moment, uh, to dedicate ourselves and this place uh, to the Lord. And so I want to, first of all, thank everyone for being here. I know that, uh, that some of you have traveled a considerable distance away uh, to be here, to mark this milestone moment with us, and that, that means so much uh, to me and, and to us together. So uh, what I want to do is just read a passage from Joshua chapter 4. Uh, it's a passage that celebrates a milestone moment for God's people. Uh, at a moment in time when the Lord miraculously parted the Jordan River and they arrived at their destination in the promised land on dry ground. Um, and then in chapter 4, it shows us how they marked that significant moment. So follow along as I read um, what it looked like for them. And then we're going to just unpack a little bit what that, uh, what that means for us. So it says this in Joshua 4, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that, is, that it may be a sign among you. And when your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. It's a pretty cool passage, and it shows us a few different things that I think maybe relate a little bit to, to where we are. Um, one of the things it highlights is just how much milestones matter uh, for the journey of faith that we're all on. You know, in, in this story, in this passage, the Israelites had spent the previous 40 years wandering in the wilderness. It was a season that you might describe as being just slightly less than stellar. You know, they were spinning their wheels for a while. They were learning together how to trust God, how to walk in faith. And truth be told, a lot of those lessons got learned the hard way. And, and that makes it, it makes their story a story that many of us can relate to, right? Because oftentimes we learn those lessons the hard way as well. 
But, but here they are. They finally arrived. They crossed the Jordan River. They've entered into the promised land. And it kind of reminds me like being at the end of a long road trip and you're in the car and you finally hear that glorious announcement from the voice of ways saying, you have arrived at your destination. Beautiful words, right? And, and I don't know about you, but typically when we hit that point, that's when the action starts, right? All right, guys, we're here. Let's do what we came here to do. So come on, guys. What's the agenda? What's next? Whatever it is, let's get at it. But that's not how this story unfolds. You know, the, the Israelites, they reach the shore, they reach the, they reach the promised line, and the storyline comes to a standstill, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. This, this journey over the Jordan into the promised land takes up two full chapters in the, in the book of, of, of Joshua. And that's a signal to us, if you're a Bible student, if you're reading this, you clue in and you say, hey, pay attention to this. There's something here. There's something significant that we don't want to miss. Now, the last chapter, it described their physical journey as the Lord dried up the, the waters in this dramatic, miraculous fashion. But here in this chapter, in this passage we just read, there is not one inch of forward geographical progress made. Uh, both chapters end at the very same place, right there on the shores of the Jordan. Now, now that may drive some of you type A people just slightly crazy. You know, you may be like, come on already. Can we just get to what we're supposed to do already? But don't miss this. The Lord wanted his people to stop. He wanted them to have a moment. He called them to marinate in it. And of course, of course, there was more to get done. There was plenty more that had to get done. And of course, getting there, just arriving on the shores of the promised land, that was not the end goal. But here's the thing. When the Lord breaks through, when he brings his people to a place we've never been before, it's a big deal. And there is nothing holy about hurrying past that. Stop, pause, enjoy. Permission granted to celebrate, right? And truth be told, sometimes people like me need to hear that because I've caught myself over the course of our, our construction project kind of diminishing the significance of, of this whole thing, you know, Holy platitudes, I call them, you know, like, well, it's not really about the building. You know, that sounds so holy, as if any of you didn't know that, right? Of course, we know it's not about the building, but the reality is that being at a place like this, even worshiping in a room like this, is, it's nothing short of amazing. It is, it, and it matters, and it's right to stop, to pause, and to celebrate how far the Lord has so graciously led us and let the joy of the moment wash over us, wash over our souls. And that's where we're at today. Um, the milestones matter, and, and the reason they, they matter is because they're kind of rare. You know, milestones don't happen every day by definition. They don't happen all that often. And you know, there are sometimes I hear people describe 
uh, the Christian life like a series of ongoing, never-ending stream of just breakthrough, one after the other, every day. God met me in such a powerful way today and tomorrow and the next day. And you know what? If that's, a, if that's your experience, I am, I'm really happy for you. I think that's awesome. But I also don't mind confessing to you that my personal faith journey has looked a lot more like the book of Joshua and what we see here in this book, where there's just a lot of days that are just lived out in very ordinary ways. You know, make space to hear from God, uh, listen for what the next step of faith looks like, and then just take that next step as best as I can. And many days uh, are not filled with a whole lot of high, holy drama. Um, and you know what? That's okay with me. But, but there's also moments um, when God just supernaturally breaks through in our lives in some kind of significant way, and we don't know what it is all the time. We don't know when it happens all the time. We don't know when the next one may be. But when they happen, we stop and we celebrate them. They matter not because they happen every day. They matter because they remind us about our faithful God who is with us every day. Whether it's extraordinary or ordinary, the God of the extraordinary is also the God of the ordinary. And, and he didn't promise the Israelites, you know what, I'll dry up that Jordan River anytime you want. That's not what he promised them, but he did promise, I will be with you wherever you go as this journey of faith continues to unfold. Whether it's ordinary ways or extraordinary ways, we are focused on a faithful God. And so these milestones matter. And the second thing that we see here is that uh, when you reach a milestone, mark it. Um, in, in this case, God told them, he directed them to build a memorial, this, this stone monument. I don't know what it looked like. It was just a pile of rocks or if there was some kind of shape to it or anything like that. But, but this would symbolize the significance of everything the Lord had done for them up to that point. Twelve rocks for the twelve tribes of Israel taken from the bottom of the Jordan River. And they arranged those rocks together on the ground. And it makes the point of saying they put it right front and center where they were sleeping that night. So when they woke up the next morning and they opened their eyes and looked around, the very first thing they would see was that reminder about all the Lord had done for them. Verse 6, it says, so that it would be a sign among you. Every time you see it, it's going to point you to the faithful God who did what you could never do, who did what only God can do, the, the God who is always faithful, who we can always place our trust in fully. And the truth is we need reminders because we are very prone to forget. We're we forget about the faithfulness of God. We're all prone to spiritual amnesia. It sounds something like this, like God works, he does something great, and then before you know it, the next challenge comes along, and we respond like, God, where are you? God, are you even real? You know, what is happening to me? Why is this happening to me? That's that's kind of the story of Exodus, of God's people through the book of Exodus. And a lot of times, it's the story of our lives because we suffer from spiritual ADD, all of us. And so the instructions here are put something right front and center 
So it's going to remind you about the faithfulness of your God who did what you could never do. So let me make the connection here. At least for me, that stone monument, what it was to them, is, is a lot like what this facility is to me. Now, I don't want to put too much you know, importance on it, um, but make no mistake, it is an ongoing reminder, a testimony of the Lord who's done amazing things for us, who's always faithful, who we can always trust in completely. And my hope um, has been that, uh, from day that, that from day one that the renovation of this building uh, would be a reminder of the kind of renovation that Jesus does, that he is in the business of working in people's hearts and lives. You know, the condition of this building when we first took ownership of it, if I were to describe it, you might want to describe it as something along the lines of rustic, you know? <laughs> it, it was rustic for those of you who were here during the early days. Um, but there was one day in particular that stood out to me uh, when, when Tim Holmes, our construction manager, uh, we, were, we were checking out the exterior wall. We were inside, but checking out the exterior wall on the Route 52 side. You might remember outside there were these flower pots that were built into the outside wall. And so the, the inside of that wall was a little bit frail. And so he tapped on the wall from the inside. The entire wall collapsed. Soil started pouring into the room. And what we found out was that the entire thing was rotted out completely. I got to be honest with you. I saw it. I think Tony was there too. We watched. And I honestly kind of half expected Tim to respond and say, you know, guys, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. I am out of here. Um, but Tim is no ordinary construction manager. He instead strapped on a tool belt. He got to work, and he went uh, above and beyond any job description of what you would ever put under a construction manager. Tim's here with us, so I just want to give him, I want to I give God a round of applause for bringing Tim to us uh, Tim, thank you. There he is, right back there. Really just so much appreciate you. Can you just stand up for a moment? Everything about this place uh, that looks good is, first of all, has nothing to do with me. If you guys have seen my office and you know how bad I am at any kind of interior design, um, but uh, he has done wonders with that. And and so what started out as an eyesore very slowly but very surely began to turn into something beautiful. Now, make no mistake, the project took a lot longer than we expected. It cost a lot. Everything that you would imagine took longer, you know, and cost more. Um, but you know what? There's a little bit of a comparison there about that's how the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. Um, you know, and, and, and now people look at this place, and the response that I get is, I cannot believe what this place looks like compared to what it used to be. And I hear that, and I'm saying, that's just like my Savior. That's just like Jesus. That's just like the kind of work he does, but his job site is people lives, and it doesn't matter how broken down the life, he is willing and able to make something beautiful out of it. And I want that reminder to be always 
front and center. Every time I walk into this building, that that would be an ongoing reflection of that reality. This is the kind of work that God does. And so when we hit the milestones, number one, they matter. Number two, we mark them. The last thing I want to say is that we make them known. Um, when, you, when you reach a milestone, make it known. When, when God works on your behalf, he gives you a story to share. And the point is to tell the God story. So, so Joshua is, is talking to the people, to the Israelites here, and he says, hey guys, in the days ahead, um, you know, you're going to be sitting around the table at home, and the kids are going to ask you, hey mom, hey dad, what are those stones out there by the shore of the Jordan River all about? What do they mean? And he says, when that happens, that's your cue to tell them your God story. Tell them about the God who showed up and showed off. Tell them about the times that God broke through when he accomplished the impossible. In other words, don't keep that testimony to yourselves because people need to hear it, right? Your God story is going to help launch someone else, maybe it's that next generation, onto a journey of faith all their own. And now every local church um, is able to tell all kinds of different God stories, moments when God breaks through, sometimes in ordinary ways, sometimes in extraordinary ways. And so what I want to do for just a couple of moments is just apply that principle uh, to our personal context here and share just a few of the God stories um, that we're celebrating this morning. And really the theme of it is, as, as far as I can tell, the thread that runs through them all is that God has blessed us by bringing some amazing people, um, all of you here. Um, but I want to go back to how it started out. So you may, you may or may not have been around. Not many people were around, but it was about 18, 19 years ago um, when we gathered a small group of people together in our home to, to help launch this church. Um, it was a very small group. We had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea what we were in for. Um, but this was like the original crew before we even started meeting uh, in Carmel High School. Those people are heroes. Like those are the people that you feel like, you know what, I was in a foxhole with you in the middle of a war. There's fire going on all over the place and we made it out alive. Um, some of them people are here today. So I just want to acknowledge if you were here at the pre-Carmel High School days, that original core group, these are my heroes. Just stand up for a moment. Um, and I'm going to call you out if you don't stand up. <laughs> Rick and Tracy, they drove all the way down here from Massachusetts. Thank you, guys. Um, Eric and Kim. Eric's here, at least. Um, Rick and Pat, they're here, I think, somewhere. Yeah, all right. And, of course, my whole family, um, by either choice or not, they were recruited into that. And I got to tell you, those early years, probably the first five years of this church before we actually started, they were what you would call fledgling. Like, okay, we are here this week. We know we'll be here next week and maybe next month, but beyond that, who knows what? Because it was just, those were some challenging years. Um, before too long, Carmel High School became our home, our Sunday home base, and it stayed that way for a long time, about 14 years, I think, in total. We were in Casey Hall at Carmel High School. These were days of driving up a box truck, 
bringing, parking it in front of the entrance, taking out a ramp, unloading stuff, setting up, tearing down on a weekly basis. Through that whole process, um, we, had, we, we found a church that, that had a servant's heart because there was no choice. If you showed up, you had, you had to serve because there was just no, there was so much that had to be done. And it, it really just injected this great DNA. At the same time, we saw some beautiful community start to emerge, Christian community, people caring for each other. And so for those of you who were a part of that season and found us connected with our church, can you just stand up? I'm not going to mention names because there's just way too many. But, uh, um, you know, if you were a part of church at Lakeview Community Church at the high school, uh, I just want to acknowledge that. All right. Thank you. That's, that's great. <clears throat> All right, and so we were, uh, we were busy doing church at Carmel High School, connecting community, building, building groups and teams and all that, and uh, out of the blue, I got a phone call that I did not expect. Uh, it was from a man named Carl Dill, who was a local business leader and a community legend, um, he and his family, and uh, he found our, my, my phone number, called me up, and he said, Pastor Brian... I understand, I think I remember the sentence exactly. It went something like this, uh, Pastor Brian, I understand you're still meeting in Carmel High School and you have yet to find a permanent facility. And I said, yes, that's true. His response was, okay, my wife Josephine and I would like to meet with you. And so Diane and I met with Carl and Josephine Dill at the Putnam Diner. I don't remember the exact date, um, but he said, do you think you can use my facility? And, you know, it was one of those just mind-blowing experiences that opened us up to a whole, just opened doors that we never imagined uh, would open. And so that has just been this incredible journey. Um, Carl and Josephine have been friends since that point. And uh, I called Carl up because he said, whenever you start, whenever your first time of being here together and, and meeting here for worship, he says, I want to be here. And Carl is here. Uh, Carl... Would you just stand up so... <laughs> We're just... We just continue to be uh, just so um, just blessed. And I know uh, Josephine, he said, wanted to be here with us as well. She is at home at their home church in Bridgewater, Connecticut, because today is the first day of their new pastor coming in. So, uh, wow, that was just an amazing thing something that we never expected. And our church family, um, you know, we prayed a lot through that whole season, embraced that opportunity. God's people responded in so many ways. Um, some of those ways were some, some church work days <laughs> where we came in and started tearing up walls. There is so much sweat equity built into this building. And, uh, and we started using this place the actual outside property, before we actually did anything with the inside building, um, we, we did community tag sales, we did community Christmas tree sales, um, and just ways that we could introduce ourselves to our local community, serve them, and, uh, you know, and just build connections and relationships. Um, we also, during that time, just saw an incredible outpouring of generosity amongst God's people at our church. That generosity started, it didn't start then, it was already going on, but it has continued to this day. 
And it just continues to astound me. So I, I just want to say to the, the church body who has been there and you guys who have been part and participating in this, thank you. Um, I feel like our church story is a lot like that story of the little boy with the 5,000 to feed and he just took this, you know, the, the loaves and the fish and gave them to Jesus. And Jesus did something immeasurably beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. Because I, I so, sometimes I come in, I'm like, how did, how did this happen? How are we here? Um, and it's, it's, been, it's been really good. And, you know, we, we're, we're, we're very close to being finished. We're, we're not quite finished. We have one more project to do. Uh, we're going to be tackling the parking lot. For those of you who have seen the parking lot, it's in pretty. It's, it's it's almost like a moon surface show. You know, there's so many craters in it, and and so within the next couple of weeks, we're we're looking forward to tackling that project. Um, if just to, just just if you, so you know, if, if you'd like to participate in that, we are going to have a special offering today. Um, if you'd like to give towards that. Um, You'll hear more about that later, but there's an offering box right there. So anyway, continuing the story, we kept on meeting at the high school. We started doing what we needed to do here to figure out how do we go about this project. And at that moment, another thing that we never expected to happen, uh, I got invited to a meeting with a church pastor, and he said, um, our church is going to close down. He said, our building is not for sale. The only thing that matters to me is that this building goes to another church that is preaching the gospel. And so we said, we'd like to give your church our building. And um, many of you know, this is like, it's, it's recorded somewhere. My initial response was not good. I was like, I appreciate the offer, but I'm not interested because I know how much work just one building is trying to make it, you know, make that maintained, and, and two buildings just completely overwhelms me. Um, but um, fortunately, God overruled, <laughs> and, and I so much appreciate um, our, our board, our, our guys who are on our elder board. We really wrestled through that issue. You know, we, we fasted, and we prayed, and we came out of that season just saying, receive this gift that's being offered to you. I was, I was still, I was dead set against meeting there on a Sunday morning. But at the same time, we were running out of room in the high school. And I had no idea that there was a pandemic that was going to come a couple of years later. You know, the high school has been closed down to community groups for like the past two years almost. And man, I don't know where we would be if we God hadn't provided that, uh, that, that facility for us. Um, so how many of you uh, have connected with us since we've been at the Steeple Center? You know, we call it the Steeple Center, the old Second Kent Baptist Church. Anybody, if you want to stand up, you can. It doesn't look like people really want to stand up this morning, so I won't put you on the spot. Uh, but we met there for about three years. There we go. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and here's the cool thing. Like, we didn't know what... What are we getting in ourselves into? If we take this, what are we going to do with it? What's the, we didn't know. So just three weeks ago, um, Casa Severa, a Spanish congregation, took ownership of that building. They have become very dear friends to us. We are so, they are so thrilled because their journey has been a lot like ours. They've been meeting in different locations, you know, setting up, tearing down each week. And they are, they are so thrilled 
to be able to have their own space that they're moving into, um, working and doing so much work on, and, and we've just been able to partner and we'll continue to partner with. People have been asking, they say, hey, Pastor Brian, I'm not interested in doing any more work days here at our place, but if Casa Severe needs help, let's do a work day for them. And uh, so we're going to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's so many other people throughout this whole process who have been such big parts of it. I'm not going to try to list everyone because I'm not going to remember, um, but I do, uh, I do want to recognize that uh, Craig Baumgartner is our, our lawyer who represented us in several different, whether it was, you know, taking this, getting, getting the steeple center, doing the loan and all kinds of, and the closing of the steeple center. Um, he's helped us in incredible ways. Um, and uh, also, uh, Dan Taylor is here, I see, and he's, he's done all of the wiring uh, all around this building. Like, I've learned so much about what goes underneath uh, the walls. There's like arteries, just like in our body, in this building with so many wires, but, uh, you know, the, um, the smoke alarms and the fire alarms and so much there. Um, people through the seasons who have been a part of setting things up and, you know, the, the commons area and the kitchen and the, the bathrooms and Ciro DiDio and, and his son, Eric, just took on that project. Um, and and I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to forget people if I, if I try to include everyone. I also do want to... Um, point out one other person who's Adam Brandt, who owns a um, Putnam property maintenance. And so we've been providing storage for him uh, for a long time. He uses the back warehouse and stores all of his trucks and bulldozers and excavators and so forth and so on. And uh, in return, he like takes care of our, you know, snow plowing, uh, lawn mowing, and so much more. Um, and particularly over the course of this project, he has allowed us by using um, and making use of his equipment to do so much more than we ever could have done. And so, and so that, that kind of takes us to where we are today. Um, we've been here for about six, seven, eight weeks, I guess. Um, and uh, we've already had like several people who have come through these doors just since we've been meeting here. First, it blew my mind that we had people at our other place who had never been to the high school. But now there's many people who are here who have never been anywhere but here and I'm so excited about that. Um, and I'm thrilled that even in the short amount of time that we've had this place open, that it's been busy. This past week, we had a meeting this past Wednesday night and looked out and, and our Lakeview youth group was, was meeting for the first time and there's like 16 kids running all over the place, having a great time. And we got children's classes who are filled with kids. During the course of the week, we have fitness classes that are meeting here. We had a tremendous community tag sale yesterday. And, and, there's, and there's so much more um, that's going to come. And so, you know, here's, here's the truth. None of us could have ever scripted this, Right? If I'm writing out, here's how I see this church going, none of us can have scripted this. This, this, is, this is God on every page. And on every page through that, there are stories of transformation, of people getting connected, learning what it means to do life with Jesus, growing, growing together, understanding community, and so much more. And so, God is so good. I am really pumped about where we are today. I'm pumped for this moment, and I hope you are as well. Uh, here's the reality. When God brings his people to a new place, 
it's always connected to a purpose. It's connected to his purpose. In other words, God doesn't do this just so we can have a nice place to hang out and do church in and feel good about for ourselves. And we're not here by accident. He hasn't brought us to where we are by accident. There is something exciting in this chapter ahead. This story is going to continue to unfold. It's going to be the same story. It's the story of the gospel. It's the story of grace. It's a story of hope. It's the story of Jesus knowing him, knowing what he's done, responding to that, and, and making him known. And so this is our, this is our opportunity to do that, uh, to continue on with where we are and dedicate not only this building, but, you know, a dedication is really about people, not places, right? And so we go into this next season, and we just want to be surrendered um, to the Lord and to what he wants for us and what's next. It's going to be good. I just want to thank everyone who has been a part of this journey in big ways, in small ways, people who aren't even here this morning, but they're watching on this live stream, and, and so many things. Um, it's just uh, has my heart overflowing with gratitude. So let's just pray together.